Welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jenny Gu. Jenny is a managing partner at Vertical Street Ventures, and um, she's helping individuals achieve financial freedom through passive investing in real estate. And she's one of the founders, and she's currently overseeing asset management and investor relations. Uh, and Jenny actually came from uh, Procter & Gamble as a sales director. She's been working there for 13 years, working on brands that you would recognize around your house. Uh, and now she's helping people achieve financial freedom. Welcome to the show, Jenny. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. So, so tell us a little bit about, so this is a big transition going from Procter & Gamble, selling like household product that are very, very popular uh, and into now something that you're, you, uh, you, you're selling something that is not as tangible. Um, so how did you make the transition? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think of it, you know, it's been very seamless more or less. Um, if you think about the work that I did before, I managed uh, sales strategies, I managed product development, managing cross-functional teams. That skill set lent itself very well to this new industry. Um, I'm still working cross-functionally across you know, my lenders, my brokers, my investors. I'm still managing projects from an execution standpoint of the business plan. Um, so from that standpoint, it's very, very similar um, and something I really enjoy doing. Um, the new part is, you know, having to have learned the industry itself, the terms, um, the lingo, the, you know, the process of how things work. Um, but other than that, it was, it was very seamless. So, I mean, our, our goals, we're, we're aligned, I think, in terms of goal. I mean, we want to help people achieve financial freedom. And our favorite tool for doing that is passive income uh, through real estate. Mm -hmm. um, so, so tell me a little bit more about kind of like how, what kind of real estate investment you're helping your, your clients with. Sure. Yeah. So myself, personally, I started with single family rentals all in the Midwest, so primarily in Cincinnati. And like uh -huh. many other folks, transitioned quickly over to multifamily because of scalability and risk and so forth. Uh, but that's what we focus on today. So my, my company and my partner and I, we focus on helping others get that passive income through multifamily syndications. Mm -hmm. um, and we primarily focus right now on the Arizona market. Okay. So the nice thing about that is that this is truly passive, right? So this is you basically put your money into this investment and uh, and then is Vertical Street Ventures, are, are they the, the, uh, the general partner in that, uh, in that particular syndicate, in the syndications you propose to your clients? Yes. So we do, we, we find properties. So we work with the acquisition side, we raise capital, and then we also asset manage the properties as well. Okay. So soup okay. and nuts. Yep. Okay. So everything. So what, where are you doing these uh, multifamily uh, investments? Uh, as a GP, we currently focus on the Arizona marketplace, mm -hmm. uh, but we're right now looking to expand outwards. So we're looking in Texas, we're looking in Florida, the Midwest, the Carolinas, all the other places that you've heard, I'm sure, is very mm -hmm. hot as well. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a lot of room to grow in Arizona. We just want to start looking at diversification uh, mm -hmm. from a location standpoint. Okay. And you do like full-up development or you just uh, do value add stabilization of uh, existing properties? The latter. So B, C class properties, um, value add, and then the typical five-year hold. 
a five-year hold. And then so the then the exit strategy is then to resell that property to uh, to another investor. Uh, Correct. Okay. Correct. All right. Yep. Excellent. So what is the typical return that you would get from uh, like the annualized return you would get for a, a typical investment that you have? Yeah, so when we underwrite on a five-year hold model, uh, we try to find projects that are at least 8% cash on cash annually, and then returns of, you know, 1.8 to a 2x multiplier. That's our criteria. Okay, okay. 8% cash on cash for the, uh, for mm -hmm. the investors. Okay, well, that's a, that sounds uh, interesting. Um, if... Um, do you do any other kinds of investment or is just this is really fully uh, on multifamily and only syndication? Like if somebody wants to have a little bit more, uh, you know, I don't know, not necessarily skin in the game or game in the uh, they want to be yep. a little bit more uh, playing and more involved. Do yes. you do anything like that? That's, yes. That so we yeah, as long as the deal makes sense financially, we are open to joint ventures other partners coming in. Um, we are modeled today as a syndication, but we don't ever turn away a good deal. Okay. Oh, man. Yeah, of course. Nobody turns a good deal. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what are some of the uh, the clients, the typical clients that come to, to you and want to invest with you? Yeah. So our target or who we resonate the most with are uh, folks like myself and my partner. So I am the traditional, I'll say older side of millennial generation, uh, but I was the busy professional, um, you know, worked my way up through the corporate ladder, traveled a lot from my work, um, have a young family, right? Not a ton of time to, to find other investments. So I want to help those folks you know, find a, another way to invest other than the stock market and um, create, start creating that generational wealth. Um, we also attract a lot of high net worth corporate executive folks. So a lot of my VPs at Procter & Gamble, and I can talk a little bit more how I, you know, share what real estate is with them. Um, but Steve, my partner, he, um, you know, he's in his mid fifties. He left the 25 plus years of working in corporate America. So his, his network is also comprised of very, you know, successful executives who need to diversify for whether it's tax purposes or wealth purposes, whatever that may be. Um, that's kind of our core uh, network of investors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. I think this is one of the the key elements that we're dealing with as well as a lot of people have have equities that are in mm -hmm. 401ks that are in uh, different mm -hmm. retirement accounts or in their home or their second home or um, and then they're looking now they're kind of at the at a stage where they have to figure out how how this equity is going to help them retire. Exactly. Yeah, and then so uh, so you help them with uh, the overall kind of like uh, portfolio. Or would you recommend that someone actually goes and put all give you all their money to you, or do you think they should diversify into other uh, types of investment? What, what's your recommendation on those things? You know, I tell them, and I have a lot of folks who have retired from P&G even, and they're sitting on a very healthy nest egg, and they reach mm -hmm. out and they say, hey, I'm sitting on cash. I, I, what do I do with it? Um, and I tell them, you know, if it's your first time investing in real estate, just start with a passive, you know, and, and do one or two or three deals and really understand, you know, how this works, see the benefits actually come to life from a, a passive side as well as a tax benefit side. Mm -hmm. and then start jumping into larger deals. 
Um, so I would never recommend anybody put everything <laughs> into one, one basket ever, <laughs> but um, it's a good place to start if they already, you know, I'm assuming they're heavy on the stock market or, you know, crypto, what have you, <laughs> you know, if they're heavy on in any particular asset, real yeah. estate is definitely something you should look into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we talked about the the challenges of, uh, you know, yeah, corporate America. So having to to deal with your know, full time job, and full time family and travel and all of that. So it's very demanding, you don't have time to to invest. Yeah. And that's, these are the people that we, we're helping as well. And, um, and you with uh, with your the syndications and stuff like that. The other component is that you seem to have a very wealthy individuals uh on your on your network what about other people that are listening to you right now and they say well i don't i don't have like a lot of money um so how do i how do i get involved how do i start generating passive income and um you know and, and get a little closer to uh to retirement sure yeah the uh great question a lot of people ask me that too because i went from zero to 950 units in 12 months. And they're like, where the heck did you get all that capital? Uh, I mean, obviously first is your savings, some of your mm -hmm. savings. Um, the other pieces, you know, some of the retirements. So people don't know they can invest their money in a self-directed IRA, right? Can use in, in things like real estate. Yeah. Um, we also looked at other avenues like taking out equity on any of your homes uh, with rates being so low right now, you know, we were able to take out a HELOC on our home to take that money to invest and get a better mm -hmm. return on it. Um, so there's so much cash out there. Um, another example, you know, last year, the government gave out uh, as part of the CARES Act program, a lot of incentives for you to borrow money um, mm -hmm. with no penalties and so on and so forth. So we took advantage of that. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, you have to be a little creative um, and really dig around to see where you can find money um, because it's actually, there's plenty out there that you mm -hmm. can find. Yeah. Uh, so HELOC, this is a great way to to get mm -hmm. started, I think, but I, I would consider, I would warn people that uh, the HELOC, if it's for short-term period, short-term kind of investment, I think this is, uh, yeah, you can definitely do something like that. Mm -hmm. These are adjustable rates and they're also callable loans for uh, for most, uh, most people that have a HELOC. That means that the bank can actually say, hey, you know what, you have to... Uh, you have to we then need to reduce your uh your heloc you need to send us some money or we need to cancel the heloc and stuff like that so uh, just make sure that you understand the terms of your heloc agreement and that uh, you don't get into these uh, these situations where where yeah. the interest rate is too high or they all of a sudden you get a call from the bank that uh, <laughs> yeah that's a great watch i mean do your homework yes yeah. there's money readily available but you have okay. to read the fine print for sure. Yeah. yeah. And self-directed IRA, many people still don't know about that because they're talking, they're looking at their uh, TD Ameritrade or they're looking at their Schwab account and they say, well, I'm on a self-directed IRA or self-directed uh, 
uh, account and I can't invest in real estate. What are you talking about? Uh, so they're kind of like misusing the, the term a little bit uh, because the, the true self-directed IRA uh, that you are allowed to uh, a much broader type of investment, but you have to go to a different custodian. You won't find that at Schwab or TD Ameritrade or uh, Merrill Lynch. Are they still around? Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you would find that to other custodians. Um, so Tell us more about that, about the self-directed IRA. That's where a lot of people have their money and um, how can they leverage that? Yeah, so what I did, I'll use myself as an example. Um, I left PNG with a 401k. Um, I took that money and put it in a self-directed IRA account with one of those different custodians. So we use um, Udirect in, in California here. And so if mm -hmm. they are a custodian uh, uh, managing our self-directed IRA and what we use that money for is we are allowed to take that and invest in a passive deal. So that's a nuance there. You cannot take a self-directed IRA to invest in something that you're actively uh, working on. It has to be truly passive. Um, so that's a great benefit because it's a tax savings vehicle that you're using. Uh, one of the downsides though, is that you may not be able to claim depreciation, um, bonus appreciation um, on a self-directed IRA. Right. And so there's pros and cons, depending on what stage you are and how you want to allocate your assets. Um, but if you're if that's something you're interested in, then I would highly recommend finding yourself one of those custodians. I think technically you can claim. I'm not sure, but I think technically you can do depreciation on tour, on in your IRA if you own the property outright. But it doesn't make sense because you're not taxed on the gains uh from from the property so there's no point in going through the uh, the depreciation the the only reason why it would be beneficial is like if it's to offset your particular your personal income to reduce your tax uh your taxes if you're in a in a self-directed ira you don't need to reduce your taxes so there's no point in doing any kind of depreciation yeah. and then you're not taxed on the on the right it's, capital it's essentially uh piling a tax saving strategy yeah. on top of a tax saving strategy. So it yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, but again, contact your CPA because they will tell you exactly, exactly what you need to do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I was just thinking as an investor, obviously, I'm not the CPA. And uh, yeah, I always talk to your financial advisor, your mm -hmm. CPA and uh, your lawyer if you have to. But from an investor's perspective, I, I have the same thing too, like the same philosophy where we have a, uh, you know, you have the self-directed IRA is a great uh, tool for 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 reducing your taxes and shelter and doing tax deferred investment works mm -hmm. great definitely in uh, to invest in syndication from that point of view this is very uh, you can invest in somebody else's deal and then all the benefits all the the profit from that deal goes into the self-directed IRA and it's tax deferred so that's that's pretty straightforward mm -hmm. some other people invest and they actually buy the property within their self-directed IRA. And this is where, if they want to do any kind of, you know, depreciation and whatnot, this is where the, the benefits of the real estate and the benefit of the self-directed IRA kind of offset each other a little bit. Yeah. But if this is where the money is, yeah, maybe that's, that's the way to, to look at it and say, well, right. that's where my money is. I can't take it out because I'm not 55, 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. So I have to, I, I'd rather do that and, uh, and then figure out the, uh, 
how I'm going to exit that from right. the self-directed hour. And this is where right. you want to talk to your CPA to kind of come up really with a detailed plan on how what that exit strategy looks like. Right. But um, yeah, from the self-directed IRA to a syndication, I think that's pretty, in most cases, that's pretty straightforward. Yep, you got it. So, so syndication, I think this is obviously a good tool. It's a very similar to, I don't know, investing, being a limited partner, I guess, in, in a small company and all of that. You don't really get your hands dirty. You get your uh, your check, and then uh, and that's it. Um, but also, you don't have the control. You don't have the visibility into what's going on with uh, with the project, with the property. Um, so, two questions in here. So, how do you vet the sponsor of the uh, and the general partners that are running the project day to day? And then what kind of uh, information should you expect from them? What should you be looking for? What are the warning sign or the good signs that uh, the project is doing well and the partners are in control? Yeah, great question. So in terms of the, how do you vet a sponsor? Um, I think there's an art and science to it. The science is looking at their track record. What do they currently purchase? How have they performed? Um, even just calling the properties to see how they're running. Um, and pretending to be a shopper. I, I do that sometimes as well. Um, but their track record is super important. Um, and you can find that via their website. Um, look, I always research people on LinkedIn, all their social media platforms. I just wanna see who is the person that's gonna run the property. That's mm -hmm. the science part. The art part is actually picking up the phone and talking to them, right? So yeah. most times sponsors will get your email, they'll reach out to you and ask for an introductory call use that time to really interview them um, and i can instantly tell who is really genuine and who is not and an example of that would be i've been on some introductory calls where they're really short 15 minutes hi how are you what's your name how much can you invest and in? great i you know you're just a number yeah. um the folks who really spend the time i mean at least 30 minutes i want to know um you know who are you are what's your family, uh, kids, what do you like to do for fun? What are your goals so that I can help you achieve them? Those are the ones that really, really stand out to me more. And then at the same time, I get a sense for what their values are. How do they operate? Um, so that's the art part that you won't know just by looking at their website. You have yeah. to actually talk to them more than once if you need to. Mm. Um, so that's vetting the sponsor. Um, the second part of your question was, um, how do you, what do you expect from a sponsorship team, right? Yeah. And so at least for us, and this is why I still like to invest passively to learn from other sponsors, as well as understand what to do and what not to do with your investors. Um, but things that you should expect from a good sponsor, um, frequent communication. So monthly reporting um, with full access to all your reports. So not just your PL, um, but I want to see all the ledger. I want to see the bank statements. I might not read them all, but I would expect full access to them in case I want to dive in. Mm -hmm. um, and we do quarterly webinars. So for people to see us face-to-face -face and ask questions, we take lots of pictures and our updates um, uh, just to provide visuals and graphs and charts for trending. Um, so really the net of it all is uh, frequent and clear communication to investors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
is there a forum like like uh, what about if something goes wrong and stuff like that and how how do your partners how would you communicate to your your partners in the syndication in that case assuming this happened yeah happens. so any any time and this is what i would expect my sponsors any time that there's something unexpected major right you don't want to bug people with minor details of course yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything big that is potentially risking collections or increase of expenses, you want to first figure out the problem, but then also identify what the solution is before you tell your investors. The last thing you want to do is say, hey, Joe, here's a problem. We don't know what the answer is, <laughs> but we'll get back to you. I'd much rather see, hey, this came up. Here are our options for solutions, A, B, and C. We're vetting each one out. We'll get back to you next month and give you an update. That, mm. that is very, very important. That's yeah, what happened yeah. um, in Texas when there was that ice storm yeah. earlier this year. Do you remember? Um, I had an example. I had a, I don't have um, active properties in Texas, but the sponsorship team that was working on it very quickly, as soon as I identified the issues, worked with the insurance, you know, all of that stuff and came back to us and said, here are the updates and here are the things we're working on. Like super clear, very, very easy to follow and gave a good sense of reassurance mm -hmm. that they were doing doing their jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that, yeah, the clear communication is, uh, is excellent. And you have to show that you're in charge of the project, yeah. that you mm -hmm. are, you have their best interests um in mind and that you um, you want the project to be successful but things happen this is there, there are risks involved uh some of them are you know natural disaster or natural risk uh, other times it's kind of like a, a mistake where you uh, you had some assumptions i mean we had a project like that where uh, multifamily we had certain assumptions in terms of the cost of uh, renovations for the unit and then uh, and also the rent that we were able to get and then the cost came in a little bit higher a lot higher actually than uh, we anticipated and um, and then we we still try to do it at that uh, that high you know very uh, high expense uh, unit and try the market and see if we were able to rent that unit at the the market rate that we thought and we couldn't so that kind of uh, told us that, okay, well, our assumptions about, about that were wrong. And then we, we kind of re redirected the budget to, uh, to, you know, and did a little bit less of a rehab that was more in line with the market rate that we were able to get. But so, but that's kind of like, you have to do as if it was your own property, what is the best decision? And then bring your partner into, uh, into the mix and let them know. Uh, what your thoughts, what alternatives you looked for, and then mm -hmm. um, make sure that they concur with your decision. Yeah, I think agree. that's important. Mm -hmm. uh, even though they're a limited partner, even though they're kind of a silent partner, I think it's good to uh, have them voice kind of like their opinion and make sure that you're Absolutely. on board. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little bit like kind of when you're on an exit row in the, on the plane, you know, they want you to voice that you're going to open the door. You may never have to open the door, hopefully. But. Yeah, that's, a, that's a very important analogy. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, so Jenny, I understand that you also, you and your partner are also working on a, uh, on a book right now. And, um, and tell us more about that and why, uh, and what the book uh, is going to answer for, for the readers. 
Yeah, we're still, uh, this is our first book. Um, and we're still fine tuning all of the details and the storyline, but it's going to be much different than what uh, you typically see today in a finance book, right? So you're, we're used to Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, um, you know, Joe Fairless's book and um, Michael Blanc's book, very uh, a textbook, very uh, straightforward education. We wanted to take a different approach and make it more relatable. So we're actually writing a fiction book, um, tying it to a character who goes through financial situations and how she helps people um, in, in different aspects of their lives and different life situations. And we hope that that um, resonates more with readers uh, because every one of us, you, me, the next person, we're all in a different state of mind and different situation. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope that that resonates with more people and it stands out as something that you can read, uh, emotionally connect with um, yeah. and something you can pass along to your spouse or your kids or your friends um, and help inspire them as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that might actually help also like uh, younger, uh, you know, long, younger people, teenagers and stuff like that, having kind of like start thinking in term in those terms, and how, you know, following a character through a certain situation and how they achieve, I, I suspect that person that character is going to achieve financial freedom or something like that at the end or right right oh okay good, yeah. good so i already Don't. see that's the problem yeah i already know the end of the story yeah <laughs> just kidding yeah it's a it's, it, it's a unique uh, perspective let's put it that way yeah 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 but it's yeah. gonna come it's all in the betweens that's gonna matter everybody knows where they want to be it's all exactly. everything in between is going to be the challenges and you're going to help people achieve that so Jenny, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, anything you want to, anything you want to add uh, that um, before we kind of wrap wrap it up? Um, no, I think it was a blast ch chatting with you, Eric. I think um, for your listeners, you know, I don't know. I'm sure there's a wide spectrum of experiences, but you know, my my uh, I guess my uh, advice to them is, you know, just find your priorities. That's what we did. We sat down, figured out our why and our priorities, and then just create the action plan to get there. Um, I'm currently reading this really amazing book. It's called Who Not Why, or Who Not How. And it talks about, um, you know, instead of always asking how you do something, find the who that can help you get there. Uh, and so I've already transformed some of my, my thought processes for um, implementing that. And so figure out your why, your priorities, figure out who can help you get there and then just go do it because uh, you can't get anywhere <laughs> until you take the first step. So um, best of luck to all your listeners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to emphasize that. Yeah. The who I think is, uh, is very figuring out the how is also important. The why is also important, but the who is um, sometimes you need, uh, you already have people that have achieved where you want to be or have already solved the problem. Um, so I think it's, uh, this is very, very important or find a mentor that's going to support you and guide you and also uh, encourage you through, uh, through the harder times, uh, through some, you know, some problems and stuff like that. So I think, I think this is very, uh, very important. And um, yeah, so I think this is, uh, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you, uh, where can people reach you if they want to uh, ask some question or if they're looking for the right who? Yeah, sure. My email is Jenny at verticalstreetventures.com or for more information on what we do, just go to our website, that's verticalstreetventures.com. 
Okay, excellent. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jenny. Talk thank to you, you later. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martell. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.